All right, all right. Uh, it's a bike ride recap. I figured, gotta do a fucking podcast because a song's coming out and gotta do something here. I'm gonna move this shit. I added video to the podcast, and by that I mean I put my iPhone on my computer screen and it is resting there, it's resting against that, and I just moved it because my monitor stands are getting in the way of it. So, super professional video setup we got here for the Gouda podcast uh, that, you know, everybody listens to. Super excited for this episode. I, I have, a, have a list right here of all the things I'm going to talk about. Um, actually, if you're watching... You can tell this isn't a list of anything. I will tell you what is on this paper, though. For fun, this is the first segment. What is on this paper? This is my little, this is my little recording book. All right? If you're not watching, I don't blame you. Why would you watch this? Why, why are you watching this if you are watching this? But this is my recording book. I write down ideas. I write down... Whatever the fuck's coming to my head. Sometimes I get anxious before I record. I'm like, oh, I'm worried I'm not going to have anything to do today. So if I know what I, I know what I want to do, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to cross it off so I feel more accomplished because I do have to kind of take that into account. So let's see what, what's on here. Peristalsis. Indigestion. Pseudo-obstruction. Esophagus. Those are the four words in the book. Now, I can tell you why I have these in the book. But do I tell you? Do I tell you? Peristalsis? Do you even know what peristalsis means? Peristalsis is some medical term for... Let's actually look it up real quick because it's something about Here's my guess before I look it up. Peristalsis means it's the muscles. So your body, top to bottom, if you're visualizing it, muscles on top doing something to make the muscles and like the the organ system beneath it move so everything happens in your body. And it kind of goes on. So like... Muscles in your shoulder will make muscles below that move, and then muscles below that will move. So that's what peristalsis. That's my guess on peristalsis. Let's, let's look it up, though. Peristalsis, the involuntary constriction and re- relaxation of the muscles of the intestine or other canal, creating wave-like movements that push the contents of the canal forward. Okay. What is peristalsis and where does it occur? Peristalsis is a series of wave-like muscle contractions that move food through the digestive tract. It starts in the esophagus where strong wave-like motions of the smooth muscle move balls of swallowed food to the stomach. So, from what I'm understanding, is it's literally just like your entire digestive system. Each Whatever part of that, obviously it starts in the esophagus because that's where the digestive system begins. <laughs> had to add the synth in there. Uh, okay, we had a little bit of a snafu, so I had to redo the video. Um, so yeah, 
that's what peristalsis is. Begins in the esophagus because that's where the digestive system begins. And then, boom, each other thing in your digestive system, like say the next muscle is the bradophagus, that also does peristalsis. So, cool, cool. What causes poor peristalsis? The problem with your digestive muscles can be due to one of two causes. A problem within the muscle or a problem within the nerves or hormones that govern the muscle's contractions. Okay. You know what? I don't think you guys care about peristalsis too much. But I do. I actually, when I was a baby, I had no peristalsis. Basically, none of the muscles in my body moved like that for like six years, eight years, for a while. A while. And so I was was learning about all of this stuff that was happening to me when I was a kid. Um, and I was like, oh, and I started writing a song. And so some of these words are like part of the, part of the song that I'm doing. It's a weird song, I have to say, because there's all these weird-ass terms. But I like words like this. Peristalsis, esophagus. What's that line in, in Monster? Put something, sarf- sarcophagus, esoph. That's a great little... Little rhyme. So, how about we read another page from from the book? Let's let's do it. I think you are so fake. Ooh, who was I talking to there? I'll I'll let you guys guess that one. Hmm. Okay. Before coffee, record. I have this little ritual that I do when I'm recording is I will I have two coffees okay I love to make coffee it's like a big thing you know coffee people will understand get the get your pour over get your beans it's an amazing thing to do and so when I wake up you would think that the first thing I do is go make coffee oh I can't function without my coffee I I can function I just love my coffee. That's the thing. So when I wake up, I go and I make a TikTok and I do some music shit. And I have, I, it's because I have to prove to myself that coffee isn't what is keeping me alive. I am stronger than the coffee and I have to prove that to myself every morning. My ear fucking itches. And so I am running on one coffee right now. Just one. I will have another one at some point next hour or so, probably. And I I do that because I have to prove to myself, and it's also something to look forward to. And so every morning, I'm like, okay, I have to make that fucking TikTok. I hate fucking TikTok. I hate TikTok so much, people. I hate it. I don't know why that the, the world has to be this way. I hate that the world has like the music world I'm talking about. You have to be on TikTok to be relevant. And I, I have to say I'm doing a good job. I've gotten like I'm at like four fifty followers and I've been on there for like less than two months. And people do way better. I mean I, the thing about TikTok is every day I see how I went from like a hundred followers to two thousand followers in one week. I posted at this, I use three different sounds in this. I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking doing that. 
I already fucking hate going on TikTok every goddamn day to just. Oh! I hate it. I don't like doing something that I'm enjoying. Because what I what I like to capture on TikTok is me like authentically enjoying something, authentically creating something. I don't like having to stop that moment because then the energy stops. Take my phone, film it. Oh, I fucked up. Let's do it again. Oh, I fucked up. Let's do it again. And then then this anger starts to build in you. And like people that record music, you know this. When you're recording and taking, it's like, oh, I'm not getting it right. And then this anger starts to build up. It's like this fucking ball in your head. It's like, fuck! Fuck! This is what it sounds like when I'm making a fucking TikTok. Fuck you, TikTok. But follow me on TikTok. All you fucking Instagram people, none of you follow me on TikTok. And I, I don't understand. I don't understand how this happened. And I, I would be, I'm not complaining. Because I'm not saying that to up my worth or what you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that to make myself sound better. I would be complaining. But I'm not because I have a good following on TikTok. The people on TikTok... I think this is just what TikTok is. They interact a lot more with me than the people on fucking Instagram. And I think that is a thing for every musician. I keep seeing things about, I haven't read too much into it, but about Instagram, like hiding content. Is that Marley? Sometimes Marley sits below my table and I will like get up or I'll press my foot and she'll go like, ow! I'm like, oh my God, Marley, I'm sorry. She'll be like, I'm like, oh, sorry. <sighs> Whatever. Back to TikTok and Instagram. All you people on Instagram, do follow me on TikTok if, if you're on Instagram and you're listening to this. Because you know what? It helps me. You can see that I'm going fucking crazy making these TikToks. So, so help, help your brother out. But I, I honestly am not complaining because there are new people that I'm connecting with and they're commenting on my shit. They're like, oh, that's so cool. And then I find other people that I'm fucking with. And they're like, I'm like, whoa, there's this one dude on TikTok at Life is a Clown Baby. He posts the coolest shit with his vocoder. He's like this 80s dude. It's, it's awesome. I, I love it. And I hate it at the same time. I hate it. So fuck you, TikTok. <sighs> Gotta take a water break. So, the the thing I originally wanted to do on this podcast was rank my top five favorite streets in Philadelphia. And so, I haven't made the list. This is just going to go off the dome. <clears throat> I hate when you, like, I hate when you drink water, you're coughing, and you say you drink water, and then there's this something happens where... You drink water and you just have to cough more. That, that just happens to me. All right. By the way, I hate people that are so... I'm not a good text responder, but if I, if I inquire you 
and I'm saying this because something just popped up on my screen about a text. If I inquire you about like doing something, et cetera, like something tangible, and you're not going to respond, don't respond. But don't respond like after three fucking days. God damn. Just makes me mad. It's like a slap in the face. All right, whatever. Top five streets in Philadelphia. I think number five, I'm going to say Locust Street. Specifically, the part of Locust Street where I'd say starting at 23rd and Locust, you know, you're riding down Market Street, Market Street Peak, out March 19th. Did I mention that? Did I mention that? Yeah, okay, I think I mentioned that. But you're riding down Locust, riding down Market Street, turn right 23rd Street, get to Locust Street, ride your bike up to Rittenhouse Square, maybe uh, sit there, smoke a little, eat a banana, hang out, ride back around the square, ride down Locust Street, all the way down to the water. It's so fucking relaxing because, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays, you'll get, you'll get that good bit of traffic, but the street is wide enough. Like, Chestnut Street is really small, I would say. Not, what's the word? It's small. It's, it's thin. Chestnut Street is only two lanes. It's thin. Locust Street is also two lanes, but it's just a wider two lanes. And so you can zigzag, but it's not like you're stopped. You know, even on peak Sunday at like noon, you, you can still get going on Locust Street. And also, especially by Rittenhouse Square, Locust Street is nice as shit. Those brick buildings. Oh, one time I got this violin from here. I'm going to show you guys this violin. Break if, you, if you're watching. Violin. Look at it. Looks like shit. Because it is shit. So I got that violin because my mom's school was getting rid of instruments and she was like, hey, I know that you'll, you'll play this if we can get it fixed. And so I go to David Mitchie Violins on 17th and Locust about. Um, and I go in there and I'm like, Hey, I don't know anything about violins. This doesn't look like it's in good shape at all. She says, okay, let me take it to David. And I'm like, okay, take it to David. And the way she said it was like, David's like this, this, this golden God of, of violins. And he's in some, she goes like down the stairs and I, I start I start going with it. She's like, no, no, no. And, and I bet in her head, she was like, only I can see David. So David, downstairs, guess he's looking at the violin. It's like $1,500 to fix this piece of shit violin. David, fuck you. God damn. And, she, and the lady was like, well, you know, you could look at some of our starter violins, but they... It started around $2,000. Fuck! That's why Locust Street is number five. But, you know, also, I mean, I'm giving only showing Locust Street love to um, Center City. Locust Street in West Philly is beautiful. It's so, like, 
suburban neighborhood-esque, but it's like nice suburban neighborhood-esque. I love, I love Locust Street, okay? That's, so that's number five. Number four, number four is a tough one. I'm thinking about the rides that I like to do. I think, I think I'm going to say Christian Street is my number four because it's a lot of people will debate, like, what's the entrance to South Philly? It's South Street, people. It's South Street. But Christian Street is, like, real. I mean, Washington is really real. Washington Avenue is really real. But Christian Street, there's something about the houses along Christian Street. I mean, obviously, every day I bike to the Christian Street YMCA, which is actually, like, the first black-owned YMCA or something. I think it's the first black-owned YMCA in the entire country. It was crazy. It was like 1844 or something. It was old as shit. I wonder, let's see how, let's see how old just like the YMCA organization is. Because, but it's, it really is legit cool. There's a lot of really cool murals around the YMCA. 18th and Christian if you're in, um, if you're in Philly. YMCA, uh, History. Let's see when the YMCA was started. June 6, 1844. Okay. It was founded on June 6, 1844 by Sir George Williams in London, originally as the Young Men's Christian Association, and aims to put Christian principles into practice by developing a healthy body, mind, and spirit. Well, fuck those Christian principles. What the fuck? Sir George Williams? Dude, well, this, this is, uh, well, a little weird, I would say. What is the original purpose? He joined 11 friends to organize the first Young Men's Christian Association. Holy shit! What? I didn't know. I thought it was just like a safe haven for young men. Which I guess why would young men need a safe haven? Especially young white men. I think that's how it started. What the fuck? So it was a refuge of Bible study for young men seeking to escape from the hazards of life on the streets. What? Years later, okay. Although an association of young men meeting around a common purpose was nothing new, the Y offered something unique for its time. The organization's drive to meet social need in the community was compelling, and its openness to members crossed the rigid lines separating English classes. English social classes, sorry. Years later, retired Boston Sea Captain Thomas Valentine Sullivan Working as a marine missionary, noticed a similar need to create a safe home away from home for sailors and merchants. Inspired by the stories of the Y in England, he led the formation of the first U.S. YMCA at the Old South Church in Boston on December 29th, 1851. Of course, the fucking first YMCA is at the Old South Church in Boston. You can't name, you can't name a more Boston thing 
than the Old South Church. Sheesh. So when was the Christian Street YMCA founded? I thought it was 1844. Christian Street YMCA organized in 1889. Okay. Organized in 1889, the colored YMCA of Philadelphia moved into 724 Christian Street in 1914. Christian Street Y quickly emerged as one of black Philadelphia's most important social and educational centers. Wow. This is crazy. So there was a chapter of the National Negro Business League. Um, and then... In 1916, they, like, organized a new chapter of that, which I don't know what that is, but sounds like a bunch of black business owners getting together. Um, Dwight offered basketball, football, table tennis, swimming, yeah. It had its own teams, right. And, the, oh, it attracted more athletes. There, too, the owners of the Eastern Colored League and the second major Negro Baseball League circuit held their organizational meetings in 1925 and 1926. God damn it. There's so much, like, shit that goes into this YMCA. That's awesome. So, yeah, just just that alone, Christian Street should be number one. But, sorry, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know all this before, beforehand. So, Christian Street, number four. Well, I, wanna, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about Christian Street. I... Going down Christian Street after the Y, I mean, obviously it's beautiful, but then you get to like 10th, 9th and Christian, and you're like, you see that uh, ravioli store, and it just gets nicer and nicer, and there's all these like little Italian pastry shops, and it's, it's still the two-lane road. Oh, it's like a little mini Market Street, and that leads into my number three, which is obviously Market Street. No, Market Street is not number one. Actually, a lot of times, despite Market Street beat, I will, I will be like, oh, I, I kind of hate Market Street because it, especially on our side of Market Street, like I say our side, there's Market Street, 13th, 12th, 11th, like whatever it is, after Broad and before Broad, West Broad, East Broad. Market Street, West Broad is like shit. I think I think it just looks like shit, honestly. As a main thoroughfare in the city, I think it needs to look better. I was expecting that. I didn't have a, I didn't have like a glitchy patch set up. So let, let's get a glitchy patch set up for the next time we can do that because that was really anticlimactic. This is the TikTok vibrato sound, by the way. Square wave LFO. Sounds good. Oh, let's put it like a. Yeah, there you go. There's the patch with a uh, fuck ton of reverb on it just for fun. Synth with reverb. Kind of stupid. A lot of times the reverb is unnecessary. That's something I've been learning a lot with music production. Like, I'll be mixing something and I'll go. 
all right, this snare needs reverb. And I'm like, wait, why does it need reverb? And then like everything, I, I added a little bit of reverb to everything, send it to a bus and everything on each track that you would think you're like, oh, that that has reverb, that needs reverb, the hi-hats need reverb. And then like the mix sounds like a fucking overcooked brownie. No. Not everything needs reverb. Most of the things don't need reverb. It's what I found. But I, I should have used a different example than the snare, because usually your snare does need a little bit of reverb. But anyway, Market Street, am I right? <laughs> there actually is no reverb on the snare in Market Street Beat. The Market Street Beat, Market Street, is number three because it gets me from point A to point B. And talk about traffic. Market Street has probably the best traffic of, no, probably not the best traffic, but top three streets, as I'm saying, it is my number three, but I'm not ranking them by traffic, I'm just ranking them by general, but top three streets of traffic, ugh, because you get the two-lane road, but it's technically four lanes because you got two, two ways, two lanes each way, people from 34th, I live on 34th Street. Busy intersection, 34th and Market. 34th to 33rd is crazy. Everybody's going to the train station. And if you're not going to the train station, you're turning left to get to 76, or you're turning right to get to 76, or, and that's all at 30th, which is a crazy fucking intersection, or you're going down City Hall. And people, because I think it's because the skyline is perfectly set to Market Street, like you... You have a very good view as you're going in. People zoom down Market Street. People, like cars go fucking hard down Market Street. So if you're if you're on Market Street, like there's a five percent chance of you getting hit. I mean, if you're a bad cyclist, there's a good chance of you getting hit. But there's like a little, you know, there's that little chance that keeps you going. And also, the bike lane ends at 23rd, which is right, right at that Trader Joe's on 22nd. And and you're just kind of into it after the bike lane ends. There's no, like, warning that the bike lane's going to end. It just ends. And then you're in with all the fucking cars going, like, if, if you live in Delaware, and I, I say this because if you're listening to this, you probably live in Philly or Delaware. Market Street's kind of like Concord Pike. It's crazy. It's crazy. People go fucking fast as shit. And, and past City Hall, it is nice. It's nice. It's just busy. You got the NJ Transit buses lining up around 13th. If you're going, if you're like going west, starting like down closer to the river, that's kind of my favorite way to do Market Street. Is like start literally at that big thing that's in the Always Sunny uh, title sequence. What is that? It's the clip thing, you know, like with the theme song. What is that? I'm not gonna look up what the word is, but. There's some word for, like, the clip show. There's, fuck, it's the title sequence. I'm going to call it the title sequence. But, yeah, starting around there, it's nice. It's busy, especially on, like, a Saturday night. Oh, my God. And you got a very good, you got a better view of the city, I think, on this side, east of broad, facing west, rather than facing east from west. So, that's Market Street. Also, going around City Hall on bike is fun because there's like two different merges that you have to do. And then 
it's generally pretty busy. And if it's not busy, it's kind of like, oh, I got the whole thing to myself. And it's cool. So number three, Market Street, definitely. And I haven't thought about my number two or one. So I'm gonna just going to play something while I think about the two and one. Because I have, I, have, I have a few that I'm debating. And so I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Ooh, I like this pack. I mean, it's all right. It's a really quiet patch. I this for this is not how I wanted it to be. Like, I, I wrote it to be much quieter and just like a very simple sine wave, and it sounds cool in the song that I'm using it for. This with the resonance up, it's... That's all right. Cool. K-E-W-L, keel, is something I'm starting to say instead of cool. Because in t it... Fucking TikTok. In TikTok, it's such like a good little word to use whenever you say something and then you transition to the next video. It's like, keel. By the way, I saw this fucking video of this girl shooting a TikTok to, I think it's the song, Live Your Life, and hey, just live your life. Great song. Um, it was her doing one of those things where she's holding the phone and she's like dancing, but it's so impressive the transition she does. And you've probably seen it. It went viral. It's on like every fucking thing i saw it on reddit tiktok instagram like every platform that i use i've seen it many times she's like using her hand to to like if you're watching she's going like this whoop and then that subtly makes the video look different than that one section and she's it's so fucking impressive because i i do tend to think those like just look at the screen and like sing along lip sync tiktoks are so stupid but like the effort that goes into the good ones are really impressive. I still don't see the point of the, like, who is that for, I guess? Who, who watches that and says, okay, that satisfies me? Like, I, I think, like, cooking TikTok and musician TikTok, where, like, I, I like to show me building a song, or people like to show them doing recipes. That, I'm, like, learning something. I'm like, oh, that person's really talented. And after, I guess after seeing that video of her doing it, I'm like, oh, I can never do that. But, I mean, still, I'm, I'm just like, okay. I, I don't get the dancing TikToks. And that, that's what TikTok is, so <laughs> sorry. So, I think, I think my number two is going to be Wharton Street. Little, uh, little underdog Wharton Street down in South Philly. I think, I think Wharton Street is, it, first off, super thin, super tight street. It, it's either going to be busy or it's not. That, that's what I like about Wharton Street. 10:30 p.m. or a.m. on like a Wednesday, 
you got Warren Street all to yourself. And the the houses are so tight. It's that South Philly feel that I love so much. I think I'm going to move to South Philly next year. Even if I still go to Drexel, I think I'm going to move to South Philly next year because it's just so sick. Um, I, I love the feel, the tightness of it, the shitty drivers that don't stop at stop signs. Love it. I'm not kidding. I do love it. One time, I, this isn't one on, wasn't on Wharton Street, but one time I was biking home, 18th, to Rittenhouse after whatever, after the gym, and I was biking, I was biking, there's a stop sign right at this basketball court at Montrose Street. I don't know how I have all these streets memorized, but I do. And there's this, it's always a fucking Dodge Ram 4x4, like Dodge Ram 1500. Oh my God. Those drivers are so fucking angry and shit. And probably shit-faced, too, while they're driving. I, I hate them. But I was, I was biking. Bike past him. Doesn't stop at the stop sign. Whatever. And then he passes me. And, and he doesn't stop at the stop sign again. And I just kind of... I, I put my hand out like, hey, dude. Make sure you stop. And then he gets up to me at the next one. Cause I'm, I'm, there's like stop sign each, each street, you know? And so we kind of just keep getting next to each other. So gets up to me, gets out of the car. He's like, he's like this little dude that looks like Shrek. He has like a bunch of tattoos. He's just an angry guy that probably just got like a pizza cheesesteak, pizza cheesesteak at some wherever place in South Philly. And it's probably like all over his car and his hands are greasy as shit. Like real piece of shit that we're dealing with. Real scum of the earth. And he's like, you got something to say? You got something to say? Huh? Say it in my face. And like, I was just like, okay. All I did was stay there. And I said, see me right now? I'm stopped. That's what you should have done at the stop sign. And then I kept going. And then he really vroomed it up. He vroomed, vroomed. He made his engine loud as shit. He tries to catch up to me. And then there's some car. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm in a real fucking chase with a Dodge Ram 1500. Oh, my God. And part of me was like, okay, this guy's going to run me over. I'm going to die. This is it. Was excited by both ideas. And there's pretty anticlimactic. There's just some car that that starts parallel parking, and he has to stop and wait for him. And that that's pretty much the end of the story. But but Wharton Street, am I right? No, Wharton Street is beautiful because it, especially down by that Italian market area, it'll get very busy, and it's also just again, it's very nice to look at. You got a bunch of weird little intersections that are going into really tight little streets that are just aesthetically pleasing. And it's a good street to bike all the way down because, again, you'll, you'll either have it to yourself or it'll be really tight and you'll have a good zigzag ride. And this leads me to my number one. I don't know if you'd expect it of me because it's not quite the traffic street, but I love Pine Street. Pine Street has to be my number one. It's, it's the normie pick. A lot of people that don't even fucking like biking like Pine Street, but by far the widest bike lane in the city 
is, is Pine Street. And it's just, it's stunning. The houses, especially around the Fittler Square area, are, are beautiful. There's, there's a few stone houses around there that I really like. And obviously the brick houses, as you get closer to Society Hill, they're just, mwah, mwah. I, I, I just want to kiss them because they, they are so beautiful. And every night I get to Pine Street, I do a nightly ride, and I'm like, I always end up on Pine Street. Should I take another way? And I'm like, no, I'm going to ride from 23rd to 2nd, all in that, and then I'll start my ride. It's kind of like ride down Pine Street the entire length of, of the city, and then you start your ride because Pine Street is that good. And when it's busy and there's like a shit ton of bikers, I always fucking love to just zoom, zoom past them. Sometimes you're zigzagging through bikers and, and scooters, and sometimes. There's asshole runners that are running the wrong fucking way. First off, they shouldn't be in the bike lane. Second off, they shouldn't be facing traffic when they're running. They should be on the fucking sidewalk. Doesn't matter. Be on the fucking sidewalk. And so I always love to, this, if you're watching, and I'll describe it to, for my just listening people, because why, again, why are you watching this? I, I, I'm looking at the runner. We're we're facing each other. Somebody's got to move, and I go, "What? Hey, why don't, why don't you move? You know, I I move my hand like whoop whoop, get get out of here." And they always do. Fuck you, runners. Not the runners that are on the sidewalk. Whenever I see a runner on a sidewalk, it literally in my head I say, "Wow, that person's so respectful." Because they are. That you're respectful if you respect the rules of traffic. All right, sorry that I like to, to follow the rules of traffic. I'll never bike the fucking wrong way. I'll never bike on the goddamn fucking sidewalk. Uh, there's no need to on Pine Street. And when Pine Street gets busy and the bike lane's really busy and I got to pass people, I'll get in the lane with the cars and I'll zoom through the cars and I'll zoom through all five bikers that I have to get past. I will always destroy the competition. And Pine Street... Pine Street is just a great medium to destroy the competition. It is beautiful. The scenery is beautiful. Sundays, you get second in Pine, go to Headhouse Square, go to the farmer's market that like only has onions. That makes it sound bad. It, the farmer, the Headhouse Square farmer's market is a little fucking dank, I have to say. Pretty underwhelming. But that takes me to West Philly Pine Street, which is also beautiful. It's part of that that run of streets like Spruce, Osage, Larchmont, all those streets in West Philly, all the way up to Cobbs Creek are just stunning. Like the houses in Center City are a little bit more condensed, but then the houses, you get like these big, big stone and brick houses that looks like they're like fucking mansions. And then got like kids playing in the streets. And I'm like, oh, I wish I played with my 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 dad when I was a kid, you know, but whatever. And, oh, it's so nice to, it's such a sight to see. There's like chalk, chalk on the streets, like happy birthday, Samantha. I fucking love it. I love, I love West Philly. I, I just don't, I don't love the area that I live in. I'm not going to tell everybody where I live, but I think if you know, if you follow me, you probably know where I live. Um, 
especially because I'm not close to Pine Street. Pine Street starts around like 40th Street, I think, in West Philly. If I'm maybe 38th, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's my top five streets in Philly. In case you're wondering, um, I I am doing this because Market Street Beats coming out more. I am having a lot of fun doing this though. I I want to do more of these. I I never I I always say that, and then it's just blah, I get caught up doing shit. But you know, people hold me accountable to do like a once a week podcast because this is fucking fun as shit. I love just talking into a microphone. You know what? I don't I don't talk to anybody. I have like two friends. I so talking into the microphone is kind of just like, hey, people, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Market Street Beat is going on. It comes out Friday the nineteenth. Please, please give it a listen when it comes out. It's I have to say it's a pretty unique song. I, I still think it's accessible. It's pretty catchy. It's upbeat. I I get angry in the song. I make noises like ah! it I I have to say, and you'll you'll hear this in the songs I'll release throughout like the next few months. I think Marcus Street Beat is the song where I found my sound. Cause you'll hear in like Anne and October and Marley, like they're they're good songs, but they don't they sound like me, but they're not quite cohesive, I would say, in how they sound like me. It's just me doing a song. Market Street Beat is me. Market Street Beat is what I sound like. It is me as a person. It is how I go through emotions. How I describe Market Street Beat is verse by verse. It's a it's a stream of conscious during a bike ride. Right? It's what I'm thinking about during a bike ride. And I, I can't say the lyrics yet, but the first verse I'm kind of just thinking about reality. Like going to this side of the street during the bike ride. Second verse, I'm kind of just in my own head. I'm angry at the traffic. I'm fucking angry about shit happening in my life, the shit that's happened in my life. And in the third verse, by, by after all that thinking of the shit that's happened in my life that it's not even happening right now, I'm in this existential dread, and I'm just thinking about, like, oh, my only friend is, is my cat, Marley. Marley. Ah. Uh, and so it's 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 an interesting song i think it's catchy a lot of fun slap bass if you like slap bass if you like bass this is a fun song i i always love to do the synth stuff but the bass is really fun it is my favorite instrument i have to say i i played bass in a band for Four years before I started this Gouda thing, and I will forever love writing bass lines. And Market Street Beat is still in my head. It is an extremely catchy bass line that I don't think I'll ever get rid of. But I really, I really mean it when I think Market Street Beat is the, the song where I found my sound in. So give it a fucking listen, people. Follow me on TikTok, because I hate TikTok.